0: Politics, philosophy, and science. You will be challenged. You will question everything you thought you believed. Prepare to teach. Be- Hello, all of you fellow analyzers out there. I'm back with you again this week. I'm your host Thomas, and I've got JJ with me again. How you doing, JJ?
1: Oh, I'm really chipper.
0: Chipper. That's. I, I'm trying to get there. I'm got. I've got coffee to try to get myself back. Back awake. It's the time change is really throwing me.
1: If uh, If I were any more chipper, you could line a flower bed with me. <laughs>
0: This week, we're going to be talking about some questions, misinformation, and uh, various different points related to trans issues. And uh, just kind of a quick disclaimer before this show, um, I don't know where the conversation necessarily is going to go, but potentially we could be talking about uncomfortable or triggering uh, subjects such as sex, gender, gender dysphoria, violence, sexual assault, and potentially suicide. So, um, if any of these make you uncomfortable, um, just kind of a a heads up that these could potentially be part of the discussion today. Um, but we do have, uh, three very interesting guests that I was connected to, um, from the trans community. I, I wanted to reach out because I didn't want to misrepresent some of these arguments. Uh, so I was able to come in contact with, uh, three very very nice people from the trans community uh we've got kristen how you doing i'm good how are you good and we also have andrew
2: hello how are you
0: good and then we also have claire how you doing claire
3: hi i'm doing pretty good thank you
0: did um i would kind of like to get a little bit of a uh just kind of a brief background um of the three of you uh we could start with kristen
4: so, um, well, I started transition probably uh, 14, 15 years ago. Um, I've been full-time for almost 14 years, and um, I moved to San Diego um, and have been living here for 10 years, um, and uh, I got my legal name changed uh, going on 11 years now, um, and, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome um Andrew uh I know you're a therapist that, that, uh could you give us a little bit of your background as well
2: Yeah certainly um yeah so I'm I'm Andrew I uh started um social transition about 10 years ago um and then I started testosterone uh about a year after that um right before I started grad school so Um, I I am a therapist. Um, I have a master's of social work and a master's of public health and um, I work currently as a psychotherapist. Um, I work for an agency and then I also have a part-time private practice um, that primarily treats uh, trans and queer individuals. I, my, my first few years as a therapist, um, were, we're mostly doing social work. I worked, I worked actually at the, the VA in Columbus and um, worked primarily on the VA's housing team um, with homeless vets. And then uh, I moved to um, Rhode Island, where I, where I live now, and began working in a job that was um, focused on, on trans healthcare. So I pretty much treated solely trans people during that time for a few years.
0: Awesome, and then uh, Claire, if you wanted to introduce yourself and kind of give us a brief background of yours,
3: um, yeah. So I've started transitioning. It feels like a blur at this point because it's been such a long time. I started transitioning back in twenty thirteen. Um, so yeah, I've been transitioning since twenty thirteen. I've pretty much lived in you know in, in a big city all my life and it's been an interesting and informative uh, journey to say the least the good the <laughs> bad and everything in between
0: awesome so let's let's just get into it um kind of the reason i wanted to reach out and talk with you guys was i see an awful lot of discourse on the subject of trans people and trans issues Uh, a lot of it online and social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatnot. Um, And I just see a lot of misinformation going around. Uh, I wanted to address some of that, but I also didn't want to speak on behalf of a community of which I'm not a part. So I thought you guys would be perfect, um, you know, just to kind of ask questions and maybe um, put out some of the things that I've personally seen that, um, uh, you know, whether it be in my my personal life, uh, work, online, through social media, uh, what have you. Um, so uh, I wrote down a couple of things that I, I recently come into contact with. Actually, this one kind of came from something at work uh, was uh, just kind of a quote. So kind of the gist of what they were saying was so many people are confused today about what gender they are now. Why are trans people suddenly everywhere? Nobody even knows what gender they are anymore. Why are today's youth so confused? It's like they think that it's all of a sudden an issue.
4: So, first, we've been
2: around (laughs) for forever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, there's
4: actually. The dawn um, of time.
2: (laughs) Well, there's actually some Sumerian texts from um, about 2500 BC that documented gender diverse priests. Um, They were, I think, uh, the goddess Inanna um were they were devoted to her and um you know we we don't know if they identified as transgender or, you know specifically how they identified but um people would um you know usually wear clothes that were usually associated with the opposite gender um so we i mean we that's that's actual doc- documentation that we we have
4: i mean even the indians back in the day knew that there were what they called um they called uh two spirits Uh um and and so we know that they that's this this is this isn't something that just happened it's not something that just here it is oh no yeah that's not the way it works um and as for there, the reason peter you see it so much more today is because one social media obviously Um, um two it's because people are not afraid to be themselves anymore and and i think that it has a lot to do with not only being themselves but most of society being accepting
2: yeah I, I think um I mean I think it's probably pretty likely that um, you, you know formally people would transition but they wouldn't disclose um, there's there's a really interesting book out there called true sex um, it's written by Emily Skidmore but um, it talks about um, like basically like a collection of newspaper articles and uh, you know other documents that she gathered about um, transgender men um, in like around the turn of the the 20th century. Um, like, you know, one, one of the examples is, um, there was a guy named Harry Gorman um, who broke his leg in 1902. And then when he was treated in the hospital, he was discovered to have an anatomy not generally associated with men. And he'd been living as a man for 20 years since his 13th birthday. And he he had just been living, you know, stealth. And there, there I mean, there are many examples in that book of when, you know, times this occurred. Um, you know, So, I mean, I think there probably have always been trans people through history. They just haven't, you know, they haven't told people.
3: And, and I think what makes it more so, like, everyone is seeing it more because the access to information is there now. Like, back in the day, even just 20 years, 10 years ago, you know, looking for, you know, I don't feel right, I feel different was a complex thing that you couldn't even like quantify or even get a straight answer. And I think nowadays now it's kind of is everywhere where everyone is willing to accept it more easily in most cases, not every single case. And the access to that information is like a light bulb is going off in a lot of people's heads. So I think it's just more access to information more reliability of that information and the ability to now be able to self-educate ourselves and kind of understand who we are
0: right so you don't think it's like just a sudden spike in people it's just more of an uh, maybe a spike in awareness correct Correct. i think a spike in
2: awareness and a spike for having the words for it i mean I, i got the impression thomas that you wanted to focus more on like like binary trans folks um here but i mean you know Plenty. Of, I mean, I also imagine like non-binary folks are like folks that didn't quite feel like they fit into either gender have also always existed. They just didn't have the language, you know, up until recently to to describe it.
0: Well, actually, on that, because um, that's interesting too. Because like I hear this all the time. I hear people say, "Well, there are only two genders. It's a biological fact."
4: Oh, that makes me so mad! You don't even oh. know. <laughs> so here here just for instance i'm gonna i'm gonna just totally just destroy that that whole sentence my chromosomes are xxy please define me two genders no i don't think so i'm automatically a divergent from both of those yeah i mean you know biologically
2: speaking there's there's a pretty wide range of what's normal in terms of sexual and hormonal development um and then you know like, like she just mentioned, if if we're looking at genetics, there's a lot of chromosomal variants than just XX and XY. Um, so, you know, our chromosomes don't always match what we think of our, as our biological sex. sex. Um, right. And the notion of two genders is actually pretty recent in history. You know, that's, that's a very westernized concept. Um, you know, it was really, it really started to really only be, you know, enforced, you know, I mean, fairly recently within the last few hundred years.
0: Do you think there's also maybe a conflation um, or a confusion between sex and gender.
2: Uh, yes. Or do you think <laughs> that they're basically the same
0: thing? It,
4: it, yeah. There, there's a major con- Well, because one is one is one is a a social construct, and and who you want to present socially to everyone. The other one is supposedly your you know your your gen you're, as I want as I'm doing my air quotes um you're you're assigned sex at birth
0: right so because like kind of my understanding is that you know you you can be born with certain physiological traits and sexual organs but then gender has more to do with like it, it's expressed right it's more of an expression of um, some, some degree between, I don't know how to describe it other than maybe masculinity and femininity, uh, or somewhere in between, is that maybe accurate or inaccurate?
2: Um, that's, that's fairly accurate, but I, I think, I think it's also, you know, like it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of reductive. Like I, I think, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, gender, gender is an identity. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it's something we know about ourselves internally and then, you know, we, we can express it in certain ways, but, um, you know, there, there are lots of ways that we express it. And there are lots of ways that we express masculinity and feminine, fem, fem, feminine, be much less anything else. Like, um, you know, like I'm thinking about my, my, my grandpa, he, uh, um, is a very, very gruff guy, like, you know, like very masculine, like did, you know, worked in a super masculine profession. And, um, you know, when, when he retired, he started knitting. Um, he just, you know, he would, he would knit like little, little stuffed animals and blankets and hats, um, you know, and he, he got very into doing this. Um, and, and, you know, it, 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 I think it threw a lot of people cause it wasn't what they expected from him, but I mean, you know, we, we, we express our gender in all kinds of ways. And, you know, we, you know, n- none of us really kind of, no matter how masculine or feminine we are, we don't really fall into one of those categories neatly
0: kind of more of a spectrum than a binary in other words mm-hmm. um okay
1: do you think that part of the problem stems from the tendency of the human brain to dichotomize things um
4: maybe
2: i mean i i think i think human beings like it's it's easier for us when we have categories like you know we we we're more comfortable when we when we can when we can categorize things, when things are easily defined, um, you know, that they, they, they kind of gives us an idea of how we need to, how we should react. Um, you know, it's, it kind of gives us a blueprint for how we, how for social interaction. And I think when things become more vague or when things become more ambiguous, you know, we we don't, we don't always have great cues for what we should do. And and I, I mean I think that's part of why. Part of why this throws people so much is that you know you're you're introducing a lot of ambiguity in terms of, you know how they respond to strangers, how they respond to to other people in their lives. You know you're you're suddenly telling them that like you know they they can offend people more easily, Um, you know. And I think I think a lot of people, you know, there's there's a knee jerk reaction to that.
4: Yeah, I Um, agree with that. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Part of it maybe just being unfamiliarity or just kind of a knee-jerk reaction to it. People tend to react with a lot of fear and un- discomfort. Well, people,
4: people, people do that from things that they don't understand.
0: Right. You and know, most actually, people don't
4: understand. Um, and that's what we're here to do is to hopefully, hopefully make people understand a little bit more.
0: Hopefully. We'll see. You know, I heard someone say um, <clears throat> p- possibly the biggest antidote to transphobia is to actually know a trans person. Um, what do you think about that?
3: So, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those conversations that gets really interesting, especially when you start diving into the world of politics, where you have a lot of these politicians trying to pass laws governing around gender. And the reality is they probably has never even met a trans person (laughs) in their life. Or they have, which is the truth. They probably met a lot. It's just they just never knew. Didn't know. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I I think it's one of those things that it just gets really complicated that, you know, people like like you're saying, the whole knee jerk reaction thing. Right. Like people are quick to just, you know, stand their ground because they don't want people don't like change. And the reality is trans people change their notions of what these, you know, binaries that they've been taught their entire life is. This is a man. This is a woman. A man does this. A woman does that. And the reality is, it's it's so much more complicated than that. And
4: it's it basically so basically it threatens their whole existence of everything they've known.
3: Correct. So you know, you kind of have to start wondering at times. Can you blame them? Like, if you're taught to that, you know, something should be this way all the time, and then someone comes in, throws a snowball at you, and just you know puts you know throw that. Let's throw a little wrench into, you know, into those gears. You're going to have a trouble trying to quantify and understand what is actually occurring. And the reality right. is, these things are actually much more simpler to explain at times. It's just that people typically like to stand their ground because they don't like change or they don't want right. the change to happen around them.
0: Well, I a mean,
1: lot of these, a lot of people are told that God made it this way. And any deviation from that is heresy. Like there is a size, there's a sizable percentage of the American population that believes God had a certain plan and this throws a monkey wrench in that plan.
4: That is doing, threatening their, their whole existence of the whole God thing. And okay. So a little more background on me. I actually grew up in the Mormon church. I know it's horrible.
3: Hey, join Um, up, so did I (laughs) Oh wow (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: Yeah, I grew up on a ranch In, you know, in a ranching community Where, you know Men were men and women were in the kitchen (laughs) And um, as a Mormon, you know And I I have, I I was baptized into Melchizedek Priesthood Um, I, you know, did all the things that I was supposed to do growing up And then I grew up and put away childish things um so i can understand where um poking holes in the religion would come from, why that threatens them
0: right uh, i mean and i'll admit uh, even for myself before i actually knew any trans people just that ignorance or just the unknown um I, I didn't know what to think. I I didn't want to be judgmental, but I also just didn't understand a lot of things. Um, actually having to got, you know, get to know trans people, at least all of the people that I have met and that I know pretty well blow all of the stereotypes, you know, out of the water it, it, for whatever, you know, fear is trying to be propped up against the trans community. Um, I find that almost every one of those is, you know, nothing more than scare tactics or misinformation. And and kind of dealing with people who are are very, uh, uh, like, anti-trans or or trans-exclusionary, you know, uh, feminists-type people, um, so far, the majority of those people don't, that I've at least interacted with, don't actually know or aren't friends with anybody from the trans community. So that's i think you probably are right there's probably a lot to do with just kind of the unknown and, and threatening people's or they understanding. don't know
1: they're friends with trans people
0: that's true that's that's very true
4: yeah there are a lot of stealth people out there and i've ran into a few of them who didn't want I, and i knew as soon as i looked at them i was like oh you're trans <laughs> we can spot each other pretty well and um and she was actually mad at me <laughs> In most cases. But she actually blew up at me because um, I asked her about um, trans support groups in the area. And she's like, you, you can't be telling anyone that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because I'm, I'm out and I, I, don't, I don't care who knows. Right. I'll, I'll shout it from the rooftops. I, I, you know, I don't give a crap. Because um, it's part of who I am and I'm going to, you know, who I am. I'm, I'm proud of who I am. Thank you. I've been through a lot of crap.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I, I, I try to be pretty intentional about coming out. I I do, I do, um, some consulting work like for, for healthcare agencies, um, to do training for their staff. And, you know, one, one of the reasons I come out is because people don't know that I'm trans to look at me. So, um, you know, and I think, I think it's important that people's perceptions be challenged. Um, you know, and I, I think, um, I mean, I do think that's true. I think I think that once people once people meet someone from the community, once people have a chance to talk to me about it, um, you know, they, they start to, you know, they they start to realize that, you know, if they if they believe these things, they have to believe them about me. And, you know, like, usually they, you know, they respond pretty well to me. They like me. So they don't they don't want to believe that I'm this person that they, you know, this boogeyman that they've kind mm-hmm. of made up in their minds. Um and uh you know you know, I mean I think I think that's part of the reason being trans is has become more accepted is because, you know, more of us are coming out, more people are are realizing that, you know, this is someone that they know.
0: Right. I guess kind of thinking about that, um while I can't identify with that particular that particular experience, um, I, I guess I have similar ones. Um you know having having to kind of come out to my family as being non-religious or atheistic um and then you know after that coming out as uh you know n- uh non-monogamous uh you know those are those are stressful things and in my experience you know just interacting with people in fact actually what sparked the idea for originally doing this podcast with uh uh Eli one of my co-hosts who's who's just not here tonight Um, that actually started with, you know, me breaking a lot of atheist stereotypes and him interacting with me and, you know, realizing that that's, I I don't fit the stereotype that's generally associated. So um, I I can kind of get that to at least some extent. Um, One thing I also kind of wanted to kind of move into, um, because this seems to be kind of talking about you know, people's fears, um, people tend to be very protective and afraid for the children. I i have seen a lot of misinformation kind of going on around about that, too. Um, people saying that kids are actually being, you know, encouraged to identify as trans, uh, that there's like a spike in trans teens um, uh, or the number of them increasing or that people are being, you know, encouraged to do it or at further you know actually given treatment when they're children do you want to talk about yeah. that a little bit
3: yeah so you know th- that that's one of those topics that really infuriates me because everyone talks about <clears throat> there's a an uptick of trans kids out there and stuff like that no there's an uptick of visible trans kids out there there's trans kids there's been trans kids for pretty much all of you know history so you know allowing them to transition has been proven over and over and over that it actually helps them and sets them up for success early on instead of running into the more common issues with a lot more people where you have people who are suicidal people who tend to abuse alcohol people who are violent um and you know if you, we can if we can take care of the of, of the kids now and and just try to allow them just to be themselves because yes kids are kids are kids they're going to do whatever but for you to be trans you really need to know yourself so, so the whole notion of like yeah we see more trans kids out there and we're allowing them to transition is kind of nonsense so um, i think it's just a change with the times <laughs>
0: Yeah. Mentioning uh, allowing kids to transition, I've got an audio clip uh, that was kind of circulating. Do you want to? Can I go ahead and play it? It's like five minutes. Is that too long? Okay. So this is. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it.
2: Yeah. Go for it.
0: Okay. So this is basically uh, Rand Paul questioning uh, Dr. Mm. Rachel Levine on puberty blockers for minors with uh, gender Ah, dysphoria. Great. Here
5: we go. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been <laughs> condemned by the WHO,
0: right, the United Nations
5: Children's <laughs> Fund. <the> United- oh, <laughs> All right, get a pause. Get a Are pause. Get a pause. Start? <laughs> yep. oh, a horrible start.
0: <laughs> good job, because Rand. Because
1: circumcision <gasps> is so common in this country. Ooh, good point. One hundred percent. Like I know it's a sidebar. Yeah. But, but, to, but to claim that using puberty blockers to pause puberty is genital mutilation out of one corner of your mouth. And I, know, I would bet all of the money I have in Bitcoin that Rand Paul is completely pro-circumcision.
2: <laughs> I mean, and that's—I mean—that's beside the point because people aren't doing bottom surgery on trans kids. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is—that okay. is the other. That no happen. one is doing that.
0: Let's debunk but and, it after and it. That,
2: <laughs>
1: and, and that's my point. It's like we already are doing actual genital mutilation as a standard <laughs> practice in this country.
0: Fair. Like okay. it's normal, right? To you're, mutilate you're a, genitals. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. All right, let's 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 continue, continue on. Continue,
5: Q. Uh, Sorry. the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform to do what others do and have been doing as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex?
3: Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender medicine.
5: The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said, that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids (laughs) with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, she had her breast amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now, and this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake, but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. Can, can what I'm alarmed that.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: So, um, wow. so <laughs> in order, so wow. in order for her to have any of those surgeries, she had to be 18. Yes. She was in. She had a informed consent to do those things at 18. 18, you are an illegal adult, and you can you can do whatever the hell you want to yourself
2: now and i mean there, the there are people that oh go ahead i'm sorry
3: yeah and like the whole other problem is like yeah you have to be 18 to to do that but we also have gatekeepers you know you need to pass a certain level of you know psychiatric care so you like you need you need letters from like two different therapists, psychiatrists, or mental health providers. You need doc you need letters from doctors. It's it's not as easy as, oh yeah, well, today I feel trans. I, I'm I'm just gonna go to, you know, to, to the corner to the to the right aid, and just, you know, oh just a, a little snip snip here and, and, and I'll be fine. Um yeah, that doesn't happen. It's it's impossible for that to happen. Now, do mistakes occur? Well, I think mistakes occur in healthcare all the time, mm. but to single out one person's experience for a justification of trying to make a blanket statement is not only wrong, but morally corrupt.
0: <laughs> it seems politically deceptive to me. It, it totally. definitely is. And I mean, not, not that people, I mean,
2: uh, on very rare occasions, there are people that um, you know, once they're past 18, start hormones or might, might go through surgery and then realize that it's, you know, that they were mistaken and it wasn't, it wasn't what they needed. I mean, that the percentage of people that, that, that do that is so small that it's basically negligible. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I've, I've done, you know, as a therapist, I've done evaluation um, for surgery and you know one of the one of the things that we look for during evaluation for gender dysphoria is whether the feelings are consistent and persistent what that means is that you know that they're they're consistent across time they've been consistent for years um the person is you know continually presenting this as part of their identity um you know a phase passes and these feelings don't Our, our identity is is stable and you know not not that there aren't occasionally individuals that um you know might might have other mental health issues going on and might you know present it incorrectly for a number of years but the, the the I mean the the chances of that happening are very very small
1: um i feel like that we could acknowledge that this like super edge case that uh, dr paul has picked out it, it might exist but the number of people who benefit from transitioning and taking you know steps to transition like top and bottom surgery, hormone blocking, et cetera, et cetera. The weight of benefit is so significant that it is it's it's part of the, you know, the medical rolling of the dice that we do as a society.
4: Exactly. Yes,
2: I think, you know, kind of as another aside, you know, like, I I mean, in a lot of cultures in the country, it's pretty commonplace for like parents to pay for plastic surgery for their kids when they graduate from high school, you know, that that happens in wealthy communities. So, you know, I mean, I think when, you know, if if you have a 17 or 18 year old, you know, getting a nose job, um, you know, they don't, they don't need letters for that, you know, they don't need evaluation. Um, You know, a lot of times they're, 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 you know, going through some pretty, pretty intense stuff, um, to get plastic surgery done. And you know, that, that doesn't require nearly the level of gatekeeping that this does.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, from my understanding, there is none like for, in order for a trans person to have breast augmentation, you need those letters. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's almost insulting and, you know, it's already been proven over and over and over that the period blockers are safe and effective are giving children the opportunity to make an informed decision when right. they hit 18 and most kids who at the age of 18 still ha- have a long way to go before they even come to the qualification of surgery or any type of um h- h- how did he how do he call it mutilization um, or something like that <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> chint- <laughs> <manipulation>. um, <laughs> yeah like, you, you it's it's virtually impossible for you know a person to be temporarily confused because like um I and I apologize I don't have names in front of me so you know the one constant thing is always your gender identity everything else is always in flux you know, you know who you are from a young age and that doesn't change right away and. Even in that case, like I was actually trying to look up that case as, you know, as we were listening to the recording, you know, there can be a lot of things that would have caused that person to either transition or transition back or vice versa. Like it, it's such a small number.
4: So a lot of people have have transitioned and then um, I actually have a friend who started his transition um, from female to male and um, he started his transition four times and then um but societal norms and friends of his and and things didn't agree with it so he decided oh maybe this isn't what i need
2: yeah i mean that's that's kind of what i was about to say as well is that there's i mean there's enormous pressure on people to detransition sometimes mm-hmm. and so you know sometimes they they do that you know they 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 felt how they felt the first time but you know there's there's you know, depending on what kind of pressures they were experiencing, they might have decided that they, they couldn't do
3: it. It's usually a very stressful time in your life when you choose to transition. It's really, really hard.
5: <laughs>
4: all right, do you want to finish the clip?
5: Yeah,
0: we got like two minutes left, so it's all right. most of the way through.
5: Is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator,
3: uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field.
5: Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER, but you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman (laughs) testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's gonna go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is enough.
0: a switch he said he did. hormone he blockers did. and then he said hormones
5: and then he said testosterone yeah
0: right so he, he totally switched it which I mean that that can't be unintentional I'm not yeah. sure it was intentional <laughs> it's, That's it just American feels politics like politics for you yeah he's, he's playing political gotchas all right sorry
5: the problem none of these drugs have been approved for this they're all being used off-label I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. There are so many drugs that get them. used
2: off-label. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the left
5: didn't go nuts do. because they were using it off-label.
1: The left went nuts because there wasn't medical efficacy that had been demonstrated.
0: And if you have this panicked rush for everyone to go out and get it, then the people who need it for specific reasons no longer have access. So there are some legitimate concerns for that.
5: You know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And you know, if you've ever been around children, 14 year olds can't make this decision in the gender dysphoria clinic in England. Ten percent of the kids are between the ages of three and ten. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three-year-old about changing their sex. I can't for you. Thank thank you so much, Senator
0: Paul. Senator Levine, thank you for uh, answering the question. I will turn to Senator.
4: Okay. Yeah, that was (laughs) wow. So (laughs) cringe. I'm sorry. It was cringe.
3: That hurt me. I wasn't even aware that that was from this year. Um. Yep, it was. <laughs> so, it was from actually
4: uh, like a couple months ago. Yeah, it was yeah, not, 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 okay, not long
2: ago.
3: Oh my god, I, I I can't even. Um, I had to constantly keep muting my microphone just to make sure I didn't yell. <laughs> like, is he freaking <laughs> serious? Um, so he brought up an interesting point. Um, so you know, the UK, their trans healthcare is typically a lot better than the U.S. is because it's more of a unified thing. We're not playing, you know, catch up. We're not playing guesswork out there. At least they put a priority that, you know, everyone deserves healthcare, And it goes with almost any country, like even Canada has the same thing. And in the U.K., they don't give hormones to kids. They put them on beauty blockers, just like the U.S., from the recommendation of the World Health Organization. So, you know, it's he's he's playing political gotchas, he's he's playing he's playing a game, and that game he's playing has a tremendous impact on people's well-beings and people's lives. You know, politics should not be in healthcare. Leave that to the professionals. Um Oh God! He just he infuriated me. I'm sorry. I, I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So you know, uh, one of the one of the puberty blockers that's used commonly is called Lupron. Your your listeners can look it up. But generally, you know, if you go on Lupron, if you decide to go off at any point, um, you know, your your body still goes through puberty. It's it's delayed, but your body will still go through puberty. Um, you, you know, there's just a, a lot of what he's providing just isn't flat-out isn't true.
0: Just general misinformation. Um, kind of on politics, because... Oh, no. Well, I mean, it's just... You mentioned politics shouldn't be in medicine, uh, and that it does have, you know, a, a tremendous impact on people's well-being, but it, I think it also has a, a big impact on discourse in, uh, you know the public the public perception of trans issues um i mean we can we can go all kinds of directions with that you know there's the uh uh the bathroom laws or the locker rooms um it seems like people are really concerned about again you know they they always jump to well you know protect the children um you know what if what if people start you know allowing trans people to go into the bathroom you know that they identify with and then uh, so they i might assault I, somebody
4: so i've been going into the women's bathroom for 14 years and i've never assaulted another woman so sorry
3: yeah I mean, i've been going i've been going into the women's bathroom and usually i hope that no one can hear me poop um <laughs> it, it's it's the same i go to the bathroom as the same way as every other person and i'm to go notion, to the bathroom Exactly. That whole notion that, you know, a a man is just going to dress up as a woman just to go peek on, you know, women or children in the restroom. Those are called predators. We have a system in place to take care of those.
4: Yes, there are already laws in place to stop that from happening. That is not going to change.
0: Well, I mean, are there any even known cases of people exploiting? There
4: is one. I've only ever heard of one and it was it was a super rare uh, outside of the box case.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I mean that also kind of ignores, you know, sexual assault within a gender, right?
4: So here here's the question, okay? So um so they want to to ban trans women from going to to w- into women's bath- bathrooms, but if they do that are trans men supposed to use the women's bathroom and is that putting a man in the woman's <laughs> right. bathroom right
2: it, yeah it is Nobody the, wants
4: and, to and, a and on top of on top of that little uh, oh blow the blow somebody's mind out of the water um so on on top of that lesbians
2: are already in there
0: right That that's just it is um, you can still be assaulted in a bathroom it's not
2: well, and I mean, you know, it's it's just not really thought through. I mean, visible trans people get harassed, you know, particularly visible trans women, and so I I mean somebody somebody would have to be pretty determined to put themselves through the the kind of you know scrutiny and harassment that they would you know inevitably go through just to sneak into the bathroom. So wow. uh,
4: so a long long time ago, I actually it was right at the very 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 beginning of my transition. Um, I was still using the men's room. And I went into the men's room to use the bathroom. And I was washing my hands afterwards. And a guy walked into the bathroom, stopped. He opened the door, looked at me. And while I'm washing my hands, looked at the sign on the door, looked at me again, looked at the sign on the door. had a really confused
3: look on his face and went to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, a, I have a similar story. I went out drinking with a couple of friends. And... I needed to use the restroom. The women's restroom had a line that was practically circling the entire bar. The men's room didn't have a line. So I'm like, you know something, I still kind of have that plumbing. Let me just go over there. Once I got to the the men's restroom, there was kind of like this big bouncer guy there. And he just stopped me dead in my tracks. Like, nope, there goes the women's bathroom, go over there. And I'm like, "Yeah, but I really need to go and I kind of have the plumbing so I can pee standing up." You you look like a woman? You sound like a woman? Go over there. That's the, that's the women's restroom and I was forced to hold it while on this really long line just to go into the women's just to go into the women's restroom and it's like, "Really? <laughs> like really?" The reverse of what usually happens. Yes, actually. That was in. an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually recalling
2: like back, like the first time I realized I needed to start using the men's room because it was early in transition and I wasn't I wasn't sure yet, you know, if I could get in there. And uh, I, there, I came out of a stall and like an older woman, like let out this like little scream <laughs> for a little, for a second um, when I came out. Cause I, I mean, I looked like a 15 year old boy. Um, you know, she was pretty, pretty startled to see me in there. Uh, so I started using the men's room after that.
0: And I, I mean, I would think that, without having any direct experience, I would, I would tend to think that, uh, especially a trans woman, wouldn't she be more, like, far more likely to be subjected to assault? By going into a men's restroom, one hundred percent, yes. Than to actually commit it, I mean, to me, that seems like it's going to potentially create a lot more harm than it's going to.
3: There has been cases of th- that exact same thing happening here in New York, where you know trans women will, ha- you know, go into you know the men's restroom, or people who perceive the person as trans will go into you know the men's restroom and they're assaulted in the men's restroom and when all these bathroom laws were getting passed women were getting assaulted by men chasing them down because they looked more masculine than feminine mm. and there was cases that of exactly that of men trying to police the bathroom and going <laughs> into the women's restroom and assaulting actually cis women mm. and when i saw those cases come around it's like well this is why you don't politicize the bathroom <laughs> um, it it just it's it boggles the the brain. Like you know, let a person like first off, gendered bathrooms is probably the most nonsense thing we have ever had in in you know in, in our history. You know, it's so unnecessary. Everyone just needs to go. Let them go. So, ah. Uh... I need a
0: minute. It it seems like there's a (laughs) lot of focus, especially on trans women. um, You know that they're just trying to exploit the system, uh, and just kind of general fear around trans women, which is really unfortunate because some some of the best people that I know are trans women.
4: Well, I think I think that has a lot to do with um, men. um, Well, we
0: trans women
4: are a threat to masculinity. uh,
0: That's interesting. Do you think that? um because i had i had actually thought about this earlier today because we
4: gave up our masculinity
0: most
2: of us did anyway
0: oh that's a good point
2: i mean i think also like you know that there's there's you know there's some homophobia there um you know i mean i think i think there's kind of this idea that trans people try to trick people into being attracted to us um Mm -hmm. you know and, and i think you know particularly for for trans women um you know, not not that I want to speak for you all, but there, there's like a lot of concern. You, you know, I think I think men are men are afraid of being attracted to a trans woman and what, what that means, and you know, they they it causes them to rethink their sexuality. Um, and you know, that's that's kind of like the fear that, that desireing a trans okay, woman so might make, make you gay.
4: I have dated many of men where I've actually had they they they're like you know am I bi because I'm with you? I'm like no, I'm you're straight. <laughs> I'm a woman. Um, how do you not understand this <laughs> it's kind of obvious i'm a woman you're a man it's a straight relationship yeah. um but i've 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 had that more conversations more times than i can ever possibly count
3: right. well i think it, it also goes to the whole notion that you know we're all raised that men must be men manly man and society says that okay well a man is supposed to be this big tough guy who can you know on a moment's notice go cave mad and clobber a woman over the head and drag her back to you know back to the cave well that notion is so far incorrect and it's so toxic um that most men can't try to live up to this notion that what quite frankly doesn't exist because it's a social construct you know men can be You know, feminine men can, for example, like I heard earlier, they can go into knitting that is valid. I know a Mm. lot of men who love sewing and making garments and stuff like that. And the the fact of them being their masculinity being threatened or in the case of a couple of cases here in New York where people were assaulted because their friends were the ones instigating the entire thing. Like, well, no, no, that's a dude. That's a dude. I I think it's so. I'm trying to find the right word for it. Toxic masculinity? Is that that the word I want to use?
1: (laughs) I got a thought I want to pitch out. Yeah, toxic masculinity is kind of the right idea. I was like, if we all agree here that gender is a social construct, I'm pretty sure. I do. Now, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: since all social constructs are just the consensus agreement of individuals within societies, Shouldn't it be reasonable to assume that for some people, even though we all live on the same country together, we're all on this, you know, this, this rock, there's going to be a percentage of us that are going to have a consensus definition of gender that is different than another group of people. Mm-hmm. And okay. I, I would suspect like when you were talking about the times when you've gone out on dates with guys and then they've been confused, it's like, am I bi? What am I? And you've you've explained to them that they're you know you're a woman they're not bi, that's that's not how you th- that definition works I feel like they are coming from a social construct that is from a different society that actually kind of makes sense yeah. like like yeah. there's there isn't a social like some kind of platonic you know how like you have platonic triangles and whatnot like something that you can appeal to for the definition outside of the what we're talking about. Like, I I just don't see that there is, and I was going to, I've been one, this will kind of segue me into something that I wanted to bring up. Like, I don't see where you can appeal to something and say, well, that that's the actual social construct. All these other social constructs that these other people hold, like, you know, these very conservative, fundamental Christians, those social constructs aren't real social constructs. I, I, There's no, I don't see a philosophical way to do that. Like, it's just a different social construct. So for a couple of years now, I've ascribed to the idea of gender nihilism.
2: Can you say more about that?
1: I think that the idea of, Gender as a social construct is an object that we don't necessarily need to carry forward into future society.
4: Oh, I would agree. I would agree that um, gender shouldn't shouldn't exist. I think I believe that is um, when you know these gender reveal parties and pe- when, you know <laughs> the very first. So you so your girlfriend or your wife or or is pregnant. What's the very first question most people ask? Well, what's its gender?
0: Right.
4: Why? Why is that the first question you ask? Is your cat, Is your baby healthy? That should be the first question, right? <laughs> and not what gender
1: is it? Who the fuck cares? Are you going to keep it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first question I usually ask. Gets some good looks. <laughs> that is, if they
0: don't blow themselves up in the gender reveal party. Oh, this man. is true <laughs> anymore. Any, yes. Yeah. Anymore. Or, but, or um, on a fire. But why?
4: But why do we have to have a gender? On all of our documentation, what 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 purpose does that serve?
1: Nothing like, to me. I, to me, I think it's archaic. But when I say that, I know that for many people, gender as an identity is very important.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little torn because I, I mean, I think I think that a lot of folks can find it find it affirming. Um, right, and, 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 and I, I see well,
3: that. Uh, no, and I. That's I, real. I, I
4: I I think you should be able to, when when you become, when you come of age, you get to choose your own gender, not somebody tell you what it is.
0: Ooh, That's kind of an interesting point, because, So,
4: so, why, why do we have to, when a child's born, look at its, look at its genitalia and say, oh, you're a boy, or oh, you're a girl, why do we, and they have to be tagged with that their entire lives, why can't we just say, you're a child and leave it at that and when the child gets old enough to say are you do, do you have a gender specific you want to be
2: i mean I I a a lot of a lot of parents i know like kind of kind of do something like that you know like the, the kid you know they might use certain pronouns but they might you know let be a little bit flexible if the kid I seems use a little they, unsure them pronouns
1: with, with my two younger children mm-hmm. and i prefer they them pronouns
0: that kind of leads to an interesting because uh, I've seen this kind of be an argument is in a couple of different circles. Um, do you believe that gender is entirely a choice? or do you think it do you think it's more determined based on, you know circumstances that can be outside of your control, such as like brain structure, chemistry, uh, epigenetic development, or maybe social environment? Or do you think it's kind of a mix? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, we, we, we
2: don't really know completely what influences someone's gender identity development. I mean, there's, there's research out there. Um, you know, like, like what we know, like when we look at gender identity formation and development, most kids are aware of the differences between like genders at ages one or two. uh Um, and then they're able to self-identify it around age three, but like, you know, like there's some, some studies that say that kids might show a preference for like, you know, three to six months old, they might start showing a preference. And so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theories like genetics, like prenatal exposure to certain hormones, like um, different social factors and influences, like influences of of your parents. And um, I I mean, personally, I think I'm inclined to say that like people can't, people can't decide their gender, but the way we Mm -hmm. think about and and interact with our sense of gender is fluid. And that's, that's always changing.
0: And kind of what I had seen too, was someone kind of drew a parallel with the gay community and having to, you know, come out as non straight or, you know, anything that isn't straight. And, you know, that kind of being an argument of, I, I didn't choose this. I can't just choose who I'm attracted to. But then, you know, is that the same with gender identification? Is that something that you, you know, you can struggle with and then just come to terms with this is just how I feel and how I, I feel that I should express or is that like a conscious decision? Because that kind of does change the terms of so um, discussion. So it, it,
4: it, it, it's kind of a mix of both though. You, you really, it's hard to define because, so I knew I was trans when I was really, really, really young. But because of how I grew up, um, I was forced to hide it because I was actually told everything that I was the way I was feeling was wrong mm-hmm. um, and that I shouldn't be that way and because I grew up in the Mormon religion in a strict Mormon, Mormon <laughs> religion and that was completely you know that no that's not the way little boys behave um, and so I hid it I hid it from myself and from the world for a long time joined the Navy, did all of the, all of the things for the, you know, did the man things. (laughs) And, um, I, one day, um, something happened and everything, all of those walls that I'd put up and, and the little box that I held who I really was inside a little, little locked box that I kept hidden from everywhere, it was opened And um, that was the day that I swore that I couldn't couldn't live like that anymore, and I've never never looked
3: back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I don't, I don't, I mean, I I do, I I do think that there's, I'm sure that maybe maybe there's like a handful of people that would disagree, but I think for most people, it's not a choice. You know, I I mean, I think, um, you know, I I came out in my late twenties, and I was. you know i i I was very torn i i also knew i was trans when i was young and then you know was told that that was those weren't feelings i should have and kind of bottled it for a long time but um you know when i was struggling with whether to come out in my 20s one of the things i kept worrying about was like is is wanting to transition to male like is that internalized misogyny um you know like did did i did i want to be a man or did i just hate being a woman and so um you know i i was i was very torn up about that um you know because I, I had been you know living as um you know this this slightly edgy like bi-ish woman and um you know i mean i think i think if i if i had had a choice at that time you know i, I definitely don't think i would have i would have wanted to transition to male you know I, I liked i liked being i liked being that that person um, you know but i mean this this wasn't this was a part of myself i couldn't really deny anymore
3: hmm. yeah I, th- I think it's like even in e- even in my experience like being unhappy feeling unfulfilled knowing that i was different and you know i was i'm also one of those weird people who's knew when they were young um and the reality is that's not always the case it's about finding the language for what it is at times um, um to describe what you're feeling. Like just not being a happy person, even a nice person, you know, really being toxic and something had to give. And, you know, I nearly killed myself driving off the road. Um, because I couldn't focus anymore on what I was doing and my brain was going a million miles a minute. It it was one of those tough discussions I had to have myself to even make the decision to even attempt a transition and knowing that it can go horribly wrong (laughs) from you know a social standpoint from a professional standpoint I was willing to risk everything just so I can breathe and and not pretend not to Mask where I was so I think it's 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 challenging that you know if you ask a, a straight person or a cis person you know what is your gender what is your identity a lot a lot of people will be very quick to to say I am x I am y mm-hmm. I am xyz but I feel that a lot of trans people it's a lot more complicated because we're fighting you know a lot of the the, the nurture that we had growing up, a lot of our environmental factors make it really difficult to even accept yourself. So I, I think it's complicated. That's a really complicated question to ask because I think you're going to get a different answer every single time you ask a you different think, person.
0: Do you mm-hmm. think that a lot of those social pressures um, have a, and I think I know the answer, but do you think that that has a pretty big impact on mental health?
2: Totally. Totally. I mean, yes, for sure. Um yeah, I mean there there's I, I, the I think most recent statistic is that 41% of trans people have attempted suicide. Um it's a lot.
4: Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, you you have um I know I think she did too. She said so yet earlier, but um I have so. I have
3: also. Um, Same. Wow. <laughs> It, it, it is difficult when you're fighting tooth and you know, tooth and nail and I think when you realize you can't keep doing what you're doing, it's like a light bulb goes off and you're like, something something has to give. And you have to be willing to risk it all. And, you know, I think once you start realizing that you need to change, I think it's kinda of goes into a domino effect. You really aim to change yourself to make yourself feel better and this is not even like trans people don't have this notion cornered this happens with everyone it happens yeah. with people in relationships with people with their jobs the way how people address children their children their family um i i think it, it, it's everyone has a breaking point and once you hit that breaking point change needs to happen and i don't know it, it's, it's really complicated to even put into words I feel at times
0: (laughs) that actually kind of brings up because inevitably on this topic every time I see people arguing or hear people arguing about it mental illness inevitably always comes up and a common accusation and I think you know misconception is that uh, being trans is a mental illness Uh, could maybe you clarify that a little bit um,
2: it is it not was, a mental illness. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a mental illness. It, it was it was categorized as one at one point in time back in uh, the DSM three. Um, the DSM is like a it's like a big book that um, it, it's like a like all the all the mental disorders that's what we use to diagnose. Um, you know, so it was back back in the DSM three, which was like you know came out of vogue like I think around two thousand. Um, it was a disorder at that time. Um, you know, interestingly, the, the DSM was published in in the 1950s, and homosexuality was considered a mental illness at that time.
1: Right. I have a question to piggyback on that, because um, in social media discussions that I've been involved in, one argument that a lot of people who don't or who do think that being transgender is a mental illness will bring up is they will bring up something called body identity. Uh, what is it? Like uh, trans ableism is the, the colloquial term for it.
0: Oh, yeah. Body uh, identity,
1: body integ identity, or body integrity identity disorder, which is where people <laughs> want to become disabled and feel uncomfortable with themselves. I bet you can't say that five times fast. It's, uh, <laughs> I had a
3: really hard time. So the World Health Organization in 2016 uh, decategalized transgender from being a mental illness. And I believe a lot of organization, a lot of countries who are members of the World Health Organization, happened to like twenty twenty two to make the change in their um, in their respective countries to decategorize it. Because even to this day, a lot of countries still consider it as a mental health. Most Western com- uh, countries do not, but they're also members of the World health organization. Um. So it, it it's. Ru- <sighs> Trying to think of the the right way to 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 explain it, um, you know, my me being me and 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 feeling comfortable with myself is not a disorder or anything. Me hiding it and me trying to to suppress it, that is a disorder, which right. usually leads to depression, mm-hmm. um, depression, suicide, and we can probably write a book on all the other bad symptoms of trying to. Swallow you, you know your your natural nature, your you, your essence. Um, the times are changing, and I think a lot of people are trying to cling on to every single thing that they possibly can, and a lot of stuff that's outdated because the reality is most of it is. Um, I guess, especially in I the guess, U.S. Oh, <laughs> no,
1: my I'm question finished. is, how would you address someone that, that would bring up the claim? They can't see a difference between somebody that's suffering from gender dysphoria and body identity dysphoria.
0: Bodily integrity, oh. identity
1: dysphoria. Body I, I... integrity <laughs> dysphoria, yeah. Yes, right. the word soup thing. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, if, if somebody, because somebody could have that problem and come to it with a, like, you know, genuine a lack of understanding. Like, they, at first blush, in some ways for someone that doesn't, you know, already come into this with a sympathetic mindset, they might struggle with that question. So, to differentiate between those.
4: So is that kind of the same question as um, what's the difference between somebody doing this and, and they're a jet?
1: No. Or no, or they're no.
4: or, or they're like the, a or they're a flying saucer, or I've like, heard that one a thousand times. No, but.
1: That, that's, no. yeah, that's annoying. More but there like are an there an or people something there are people that have cut off their arm because they didn't like how they looked.
3: So, from my understanding, that number is even lower than how many trans people there are.
1: Oh, yeah, we're um, talking, like, in the tens.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is such a rare, and I mean extremely rare I've never rare had occurrence. that happen. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like... I don't know. Like, I, I, I would have to like. There, there's other factors that will make a person want to, you know, chop their arm off, and it's not as, as simple as, oh, I just don't like the way it looks. No, there's usually some other, you know, psycho component that's that's in there, psychosomatic component. Um, trans people, it, it really isn't. It it's. I am who I am, and it's no different from someone saying, I am gay. No different from a person saying, you know, I am a builder. I am an engineer. It really is no different from that. You know, identity is very different from something that is so extremely rare that most people can't even you know, come to the table and explain it the same way. I mean, yeah, it's complicated.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about this and I, you know, I mean, I think, I think in order to give like a good rebuttal to the question, I need to think about it a little bit more. But, um, I mean, you know, we, we know that when people have access to trans-affirming treatment, you know, when they have access to hormones and surgery, they get, they get better, you know, they, people's, people's mood improves, they, they, Improve socially, you know. They they report fewer symptoms of mental illness, you know. Some sometimes they they report none following transition, um, you know. And that 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 doesn't happen with, you know, other other disorders that are you know where where folks are, um, where they where they might you know cut off an arm or something like that, or where where they where they might um, you know I, I'm not I'm not actually familiar with that specific diagnosis, but I mean I'm I'm guessing that there's probably something else going on Fun. there um
0: i would i would assume I, too that there would be different factors that would influence you know being transgender versus being trans ableist yeah
1: and my response that had had been historically when people bring that up that means that they're implying that transitioning is a harm like when you cut off your arm you're doing harm but when you transition to, you know, the identity to, to match the identity you see yourself as, that's not harming yourself.
4: So, I've always seen my transition is fix- fixing a mistake at birth. Okay. My my transition is fixing a mistake that was that was made when I was born. That's all. That's always always been my, oh, I'm just fixing a mistake. That was then when I was born. I was just born, you know, with gender, with, with, with parts that I wasn't supposed to have. It it happens. I mean, kids are born with a cleft chin. What do you do? You fix it. I'm doing the same thing to my own body.
2: Yeah. and, And I, you know, I mean, transition, transition isn't a harm. You know, we, we know that, I mean, going back to, going back to kids, I mean, kids, kids that have affirming families and access to affirming treatment, um, you know, they're, they're, depending on how affirming their family is they're a lot less likely to to report symptoms of depression or anxiety I mean you know the, like, like transition helps people it doesn't it doesn't hurt them
3: they're set up for success um, you know at you know at that point um and I and I feel that you know even here's the thing I used to always help people and and I had gotten this a lot when I first started transitioning well Claire how how, how are we going to explain this to the children? The children don't care. Kids don't care. They, 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 they're like, okay, you're being who you are. And it makes usually it makes them feel better about themselves to be able to express themselves in, in however they see fit at that particular moment, hopefully constructively. Um, I, I think it's like, for, for example, and I'm just going to use me as an example. Being allowed to transition, when I was able to transition, saved my life. I am, by every def- you know meaning of the word, better to have transition than not. I am happier. I'm in a long term loving relationship. Um, I'm pretty successful in my career. I'm able to do whatever I want. I can walk down the street and, to, quite frankly, not give a shit what anyone else thinks or says <laughs> about you know me or anything like, because. I am truly comfortable with myself. How many people can say that who are not trans? How many people can say, I am truly comfortable with myself. I am truly happy with myself. Everyone has a problem with something. (laughs) But I feel that a lot of trans people, when they're allowed to transition and they get to, I guess, a point where I'm at, (laughs) where they're comfortable in their own skin, they're able to do things that you would have never expected. Like, for example, I am currently working in the healthcare field, designing technology for women's health. I'm a trans woman. I'm still a woman. And I even started correcting that the way how I describe myself. Everyone says, oh, well, trans woman. I'm like, no, I'm a woman who happens to be trans. But yes, I'm still a exactly. Woman. And, and, and that's just for me. Now, if you are, you know, non-conforming, then you are non-conforming. You don't belong in either this camp or that camp. You belong in both camps Um, because it's whatever makes you feel comfortable, whatever sets you up for success. (laughs) Um, And just being able to transition is (laughs) at times a privilege, I, I feel. And to even being able to transition in a Supportive household in a constructive area is also good. Um, I I think it's like I said, like I'm gonna keep saying that it's complicated because everyone's everyone's journey is is and will always be different, no different from every cis person out there. I think I started losing my point.
4: So Claire, you actually said something I want to point on really quick. Um, and Please. I I have I have three children. Three biological children, Um, and yeah, I I was married before um, to a cis woman, and we had three. Oh, I have two biological children. One is my stepson. But um, so, um, what do you tell the children? It was actually very easy. I set my children down. I said, "Look, I don't be. I'm not happy being this way." would you rather be me happy or not happy and my kids said obviously happy well it's okay this is this is these are the things that i need to do to make myself happy i'm going to be wearing women's clothes i'm going to be you you, you know um and i even let my children um when when my so when my um my kids said well what do we call you i was like i'll let you decide that and my kids call me cc Um, which is neither male nor female. It's just CeCe. And that's what my kids have called me since they were, both of them were really little. Um, And I let them call me, figure out what they want to call me. Um, My daughter has recently started calling me mom, um, which has absolutely thrilled me to no end. Um, My ex doesn't, isn't very happy about it, but I don't really care. Um, (laughs) And, um, but that was her decision to start doing that. It's just, you have to, you have to explain it in terms that they will understand and, Speak to them as a you know, as you would just about anybody else, but in in a child's you know, with within limits of of them being a child. That's all you have to do. Yeah, it's not hard.
3: Yeah, I, I remember this little girl. Um, I, I forgot where I was. I think I was like going. I was traveling for work, and you know, I had these sandals on, and this little girl, probably no more than five years old walks up to me and just blatantly asks me, are you a boy or are you a girl? And I look at her I'm like, wow, you are a bold little girl. I tell her, I am, I am a girl. She's like, oh, okay, cool. I like your toes. They're really pretty. And like, I'm looking at her mother and I'm like, wait, what just happened? And the mother's just like, eh, kids. And I'm like, Yeah. And that's where I actually started saying that kids typically don't have problems if they understand, if you explain it to them. Like for her, in that instance, it was very simple. Am I a boy or am I a girl? If I would have said anything different, I think she would have still had the same response. Okay, cool. I like your toes. It's pretty. So I feel that it's us adults who have (laughs) problems with it. And we, project this onto the kids and we tell the kids that this is the way things should be and the reality is most kids don't want to listen to their parents so they don't believe in that kind of stuff unless they're drilled and they're not drilled grilled and and like hammered into them that no this should be a problem um yeah it, it, it's
0: <sighs> i mean yeah <laughs> so correct me Please, if I'm wrong, but it kind of sounds like what, um, from what you've said, is uh, that transition isn't the problem. It's not the illness. Being trans is not the problem. Um, the gender dysphoria is, and transitioning is the way that you address that problem. Is that is that accurate?
2: I, I yes. think that's fairly accurate. Um, I, I do want to point, I mean, so not all trans people experience dysphoria. Yeah, I um, don't. I don't experience okay. it. So. And, you know, I think that's actually a common misconception. But, you know, I mean, I think but part of the part of the reason I think it's important to, you know, sort of sort of reframe that a little bit is that, you know, not everybody experiences dysphoria, but we can like we can all experience gender euphoria, which is just kind of that sense of like, wow, like this is this is me. This is this is the way mm. I'm supposed to be. Um, and, and, you know, I I mean, I think, I think, you know, we, we all, you know, in in some area can say, can, can identify with this idea of like, you know, like I'm, I'm okay with the way things are now, but I I could be happier. Um, and and that's kind of what gender euphoria is. It's like, you know, maybe it's not, things are, things are fine, but you know, like this could make it better. Um, and you know, and I, I mean, I think that's what a lot of trans folks are shooting for.
0: Wow. That actually never occurred to me. Um, that's that's actually a really good point. Thanks. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I know that I had talked a little bit beforehand, um, with Kristen about, you know, maybe addressing some issues with uh, trans women, you know, exploiting systems, and one of those systems being uh, sports. Did you guys want to maybe delve into that, or do you want to save it for maybe another time, or, or? I'm, I'm
4: good. I'm... I can keep going.
0: Okay, I can keep going. <laughs> yeah, same here. All right, I'm. I'm down. <laughs> okay. Um, we all know those arguments. <laughs>
4: oh yeah. Well, everyone knows those arguments. Um, and one of my, she's actually a friend of mine, is Fallon Fox. Hey, everybody I should met know. Her who years did. ago. Do you know who she is?
1: Yeah, I checked the her Hick in Basta. at a uh, secular conference in Springfield, Missouri, once. When I was volunteering so, at the desk,
4: <laughs> Fallon Fox is actually a very famous MMA fighter. Um, she was she's trans, um, and I actually met her because one of my friends was dating her for a while. So. Um, <clears throat> And so um, she actually just posted a note on one of our one of our discussion groups, um, one of our trans groups, um, and she's like, she she's she's really mad because of everything that's been going on, you know, with trans in, in sports, and mm-hmm. and so a couple couple misconceptions right off the top. Um, she well, uh, so everyone everybody always focuses on trans women in sports right well there is a whole nother side of that coin which are trans men in sports right. so so if you're gonna if you're going to look at the uh, look at that whole thing you have to look at both sides of that same coin if you're going to look at that issue so you're so people don't want trans women to uh, to go up against other women but you want trans women uh, trans men to go up against men.
0: It's like people don't care if trans people might potentially be disadvantaged, but don't dare give them a potential advantage, right? Exactly. I, mean, I think so.
2: I, I mean, I think I, I, I'm not, I, I'm still honestly not sure if like a lot of the people that clutch their pearls over trans women in sports, like actually know trans men exist. Um, you know, it's kind of like the bathroom <laughs> thing too. It's like, I, I, right. c- yeah. I can't tell if yeah, they exactly. don't know we exist or if it's like, they're just, you know, they're, they're just manipulating the information. Like that's or- that's how- it's so,
4: so, like, so in know. texas so in texas um there is actually been I, I read a story in a couple i guess about a year and a half ago maybe two years ago about a um a trans boy and he's a wrestler and th- so where do you put him do you let him wrestle in the women's and where he's taking, he's going to and you know, he, he is, he, he's, he's 16, you know, he's, you know, um, and, and he's built like a brick shit house. <laughs> he's huge. And I'm just like, dude, I would even have, I would even have problems fight, you know, wrestling him. And I used to wrestle when I was young. Um, and I'm just like, he scares me, um, do you want him wrestling in the men's or do you want him wrestling in the women's? Where Where do you want him? Because you you want you want trans women to go against men, and you want trans men
3: to go against women. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure where that whole so I, line I, is. I I remember. I actually remember that story. So they put up um, They put the the fella inside the women's wrestling and made him wrestle. And, wrestle and he others, crushed women.
2: everyone.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Testosterone really Crushed increases your upper them. body strength. Yeah. I rushed them. And you know it. It's it's like when we talk about you know let's say trans women in sports, and I do agree. Uh, I I feel that people don't realize that trans men exist. Um, I I think they're still holding on to the notion you you're just confused. <laughs> um, I I think that's why a lot of people are still holding on to those notions. Um, you know it. It's very complicated because when trans women transition, your muscles just, they don't like you anymore. Your your, estrogen is so evasive in in, in the body (laughs) that it just completely destroys your upper body strength and most of all your strength. I am weaker than most cis women. I am weaker than most men. I will probably get my ass handed to me five ways to Tuesday. Um, And it's been... actually quite interesting and a little entertaining watching the olympics try to quantify this exact conversation how do we you know put you know control men being in women's sports or vice versa and their study that they did which is pretty enlightening was that they expect trans women to have extremely low number of testosterone and then they kind of started looking at a lot of the top fe- cis female athletes out there and they had more testosterone than even some men in their in their respected sports so does now it brings all question of well what type of advantage does trans women have in you know, competing with cis women in sports, so and I think people are, yeah, um,
4: yes, and to to that point, um, so there was a, so recently there was a, a a an article about a about a person who was um a runner, and she's trans. I don't remember her name right offhand. Um, Joanna Harper. I. I think that might have been it, but I don't remember right offhand. I would, I'd love to look at the article. But she, but the, but the argument was, is she actually beats, beat out a cis woman to go to, um, to the Olympics. How, and everybody's just looking on that one little piece. Do you, everyone knows that she actually didn't win that race, right? <laughs> she didn't win. She came in like fourth place against other cis women. And she's the yeah. trans woman, and that's supposed to completely dominate every single sport. And he, he, so, back to the Fallon Fox, she has been in so many. She was in so many fights, and she lost to many ge- genetic women, uh, the cis women. That she she's just like I don't understand where this is coming from because I've lost to many women. I it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and and there's currently been um, – so lately uh, – so she, here, here's what she put on her Facebook page. She said, lately, haters have been pushing a photo of herself and another female fighter who's a bloody mess. Um, there's been hundreds of articles in the past few days um, have been floating around. Um, she says, I never even fought this woman, but they're accusing her of beating her and making and, – and breaking her skull, basically. Um, and – she never even fought the woman, um, and they're trying to push this as a trans issue, right? Trans issues, mm-hmm. um, and um, she actually, the woman, the woman's name is Kay Hansen, and she got her face split open by a cis woman named Carl Schwartz. And so she's, so sh- she's seen all this stuff, and she's like, I've never even fought this person. It wasn't me, and but it's in the news, and people have been pushing this agenda. That she's the one that did it, but all anybody has to do is go look at her, um, her, uh, her, her entire martial arts record, and know that she never even fought this person. Um, and it's things like that misinformation that some people are perpetuating, and and giving trans women a bad name, and saying that look, they this one person, like with the with the trans runner, the only thing they focused on was. One trans woman beat somebody else. Right. Even though she lost the race.
0: Right. I mean, I guess it would be well, one thing if the conversation, you know, if if the facts were that, you know, trans women unanimously always dominated in sports. But if they that's don't. not the case, then, uh, you know, then we have other cis women who have potentially genetic advantages over other cis women. So, I mean... Sports are already inherently not fair to begin with. And that's the that's point not... of it
1: being a sport. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody's <laughs> got to win.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and it, I mean, like, you can try to, to level things out in certain, like, you know, with racing, you'll have different, um, you know, like, if you're racing cars, you'll have, which to me is silly. Like, I think the faster car should just win, but then they'll set up, you know, this person gets to start sooner because they have less horsepower. And that just seems weird, um, maybe the whole concept of competing to me is a little foreign cause I'm just not that into sports, but, um, I like, there are already people that there are cis women who could kick my ass and I'm a cis man. Um, so, I mean, you're already going to have genetic advantages to begin with. So if trans women aren't unanimously dominating, I don't understand why, you know, it's, it's a problem.
2: Well, and I mean, I think it brings up a lot of other, like, troubling questions, like, if you wanted to enforce it, like, are you, are you going to genetic test all these athletes? Are you going to test their hormones? Are you going to test for bone density, for height? Like, I, I mean, you know, if you if you wanted to make it fair, like, I mean, that's what you would have to do, really, is to make sure that no one had an advantage.
1: And one of you earlier gave the example that you have an XXY chromosome.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, where do I which, fit? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> which sport do I play in? <laughs> Um I think that uh, I think that part of the problem is sports is based on the old dichotomy of you know male and female binary. And it actually doesn't accommodate everyone already in history. And now that you know transgender people are becoming visible and non-binary people are becoming visible and just being an accept you know a normal part of our society the old traditional ways of being of doing sports ball are suddenly insufficient yeah like in mm-hmm. in some ways I think that we are trying to hammer a square peg into a round hole by just rec- saying that we can leave sports as a dichotomy the dichotomy that it is and we can fit the bigger picture of the world into that dichotomy Rather than asking ourselves, maybe sports should change a little bit, and, and how we delineate totally sports change. and participation.
3: Yeah, sports should definitely change. Like when when you, when you start looking at how we have already separated like men's and women's sports, and if you actually spend take the time to watch women's sports, which most people never do, um, <laughs> you will realize that these women will beat every cis man under the table. The perfect example I I like to use is softball, right? We have baseball for men, but we have softball for women. And if you ever try to clock a lot of the softball speeds of professional softball players, they're faster than most major leaguers. (laughs) So, and you know, these women are not only pitching faster, they're hitting it harder, farther than most men probably do in their entire career this whole notion of just gendered sports is at this point almost comical um like there's very very few sports where men will have an advantage over women or women will have an advantage over you know men it 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 just and it's time for sports to come into you know the 21st century (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I I get people's concern, um, especially if you're not familiar with, you know, any of the uh, specifics or any of the the stats. Um, But I think that just the the very fact that, you know, we don't have trans women completely dominating – I'm sorry, trans uh, men – no, it is trans women. Trans I'm, women. I'm already confused. Yeah, yeah trans, trans women. women we, we talked about both what both directions. Uh, trans women dominating in uh, women's sports. Then uh, I, I think that kind of defeats that whole argument.
4: Well, here, here's here's one more example. So um, there was just recently. I don't know. I don't. I, I saw it somewhere, but I don't remember where I saw it. Um, a cis female joined a male wrestling group in just one state.
1: Oh, oh I, I wrestled in high school and I wrestled against the first girl in Missouri the first girl in Missouri to go to state was on our wrestling team. She weighed 20 pounds less than me and she rolled me up like a pretzel.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it I mean it's it, it it so none none of it really matters in the end. I don't think anything really matters in sports. It's just sports. Who I, I honestly don't give a crap.
1: But the only sport I can imagine is possibly weightlifting.
4: Well, actually, I know a, uh, a yes, weightlifting possibly. Um, I actually know um, one of the actually the person that Fallon Fox was dating. She's actually a weightlifter. Okay, and she's trans, um, and she actually is a heavy duty weightlifter, and she is huge um, I'm very scared of her uh, <laughs> um she's gigantic and I'm just like and, and she and she'll post you know her lifting her doing some of her lifts and stuff and I'm like i i I can lift the bar yeah.
3: <laughs> barely <laughs> you got it yeah, yeah that, that that sounds about where I'm at right now. <laughs>
1: and i don't know Uh, like i'm not making any i'm not making any decrees or anything like i that's just the only place i could conceivably see where this might still like be a space of uncertainty but in 99.99 percent of all participation sports that we are familiar with there just doesn't seem to be the scientific evidence available to warrant the kind of concern that we are seeing and the kind of concern we are seeing is not warranted by the evidence as much as it's it's driven by ideology Agree. Yeah, it is agreed
0: i mean it it seems like it's uh, largely it's it's being blown up into a, a bigger issue than it actually is um i've i've got another five minute clip if you want just but i mean we've already kind of broken down all the arguments i feel like and it's it's guaranteed going to make you mad because it's from prager u No, no, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) we don't. I I had pulled it up, but we don't have to. Man, I hate. Let's let's
4: let's not and just pretend we did. Okay, (laughs) I'm good with that.
0: I mean, I mean, I think
2: the I think the undercurrent of a lot of it is. I mean, I I think it's just a lot of people just wish trans people would go away. Um, You know, I, I think they they just they would like us to not participate in any of these things so that they can continue ignoring us the way they did before. You know conservatives started using us as a political point um and i mean i I think i think that they they would just like us they see us as a problem that they would like to have they would like to have disappear and i mean that's not happening we're not going away you know this is the society has changed um you know i think for the better and um you know i mean i think i think those folks are just gonna have to do some acceptance work around that
3: yeah, like, you know, the the way, the way I see it is they're angry about the gay marriage stuff. They lost every argument to gay marriage. So now they're looking at the new thing oh. to pick on and trans people seem to be the easy target. But we're not making it easy for them. And we never are. Um, uh, you know, You for a perfect example, them. Did you know they actually target a lot of their advertisements towards people who are trans? like we're not even your demographic to to piss off (laughs) and you know it's that kind of like backwards mentality that it is going away and it will continue to be pushed into these little fringe extreme groups into the corner because the reality is with time things change you know that's evolution that's that's you know what we do on this planet we evolve over time and if you can't keep up with the pace then get out the way
0: well, um, i don't even know that necessarily people are changing as much as perception of who people are um i mean like like you guys were saying trans I people agree. have always existed we're just now becoming more aware of it yep
3: yeah in <laughs> good talk. It's been <laughs> I feel like we hit a lot of more topics than I thought we were going to be able to cram into. So. Yeah, yeah. It almost feels like we're going to have to do like two, three, four, five more things just to even get, <laughs> just to and even I, scratch the surface. I do feel I, like this is a good place, like
1: maybe to hang our hat.
0: Yeah, yeah I, mm-hmm. do like, I agree. Do you that. guys?
1: To-
3: I agree.
0: Do you guys have like maybe any final thoughts that you'd like to each leave us with?
3: Um it, it,
4: For it's... any listener Oh, go ahead. Go, go, ahead. go ahead, Claire. <laughs> no, go ahead. For yours.
3: any listener listening to any of this stuff and if you don't agree with us meet a trans person. Talk to a trans person. There's a lot mm. of people out there who would be happy to talk to you and educate. Don't believe the things you see on social media because the reality is most things on social media are designed to you know they're designed for the clicks they're designed for the likes and the reality is that's not a good source of information um you know meet a trans person go to your local you know lgbtq center and you know just there are people there who are willing and eager and able to sit down have a conversation with you and do a little educating for any thing that you've feel misinformed about so that's where i'm gonna leave my (laughs) my final thoughts on
0: (laughs) i really like that
4: yeah my my final thoughts are about the same thing um if you if you if you want to talk to somebody hell my door is even open if you want to find me on facebook or wherever i don't care i will i i educate my here my thing is is i'm here to educate everyone as much as i can um do i do i does do, do i do a broken record most of the time? Most of the time. It's, it's, it, I just put myself on repeat and just repeat the same thing over and over and over again to people. becomes, you know, a thing um, because I've said it so many times. But I, I think that um, that we're just people. We just want to live our lives. We just want, you know, I, I'm the girl next door who's the super geek, you know, I play D&D with friends. I, I play Magic the Gathering. Um, I own Yay. hundreds of board games. <laughs> um, I, I'm just the girl next door. I just happen to be trans. That's it. That's the only difference between me and anybody else. That's all my, that's my thoughts.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah,
4: I, I
0: think
2: my thoughts, I mean, I would second, you know, get to know a trans person. And also that... um. You know, I mean, I think, I think what benefits trans people benefits everyone, you know, the, the, a lot of, a lot of these old beliefs that are being called into question, you know, they, they, they make cis people pretty unhappy too. Um, You know, and I I know that because people have been in my office, like talking to me about how restrictive they find their gender roles, you know, men. Men are afraid to express emotion. Men are afraid men can't connect to other people in their lives because of these expectations that they have heaped upon them. You know, what the expectations society has of women are just, I mean, they're toxic. They're unrealistic. And, you know, I mean, and I think, you know, in in accepting, um, you know, in accepting the, the ways we can, we can sort of embrace diversity and gender, you know, I mean, I think, I think, I think that I think that lets everyone be more happy and more themselves. You know, I think I think that's a good thing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you all of you, all three of you, have been fantastic guests. Uh, I really appreciate you spending uh, what the last hour and a half or so with us. Um, and of course you're all welcome to come back anytime for any reason. Um, just reach out to me and I'll be happy to talk, you, uh, talk with any of you again about anything. Um, do you have any last thing you wanted to leave anyone with, uh, JJ? Um,
1: I, we've covered so many bases and it's, it's yeah. been, it's been very important to make sure that, or to, to listen to you three individuals talking about your experiences and about you know, the, all the stuff that you've learned. I, I just, I'm really, I really appreciate you taking the time to t- sit with me and Thomas.
0: Yeah. I think last thing I would say is uh, I, I very much agree with uh, the sentiment uh, that uh, you all said, you know, get to know a trans person. Cause I know for myself personally, um, I mean, that changed a lot of my perceptions uh, just meeting people who broke every stereotype that's out there. And, you know, in my interactions with people, a lot of the people who are most transphobic don't even actually know trans people. Um, So, yeah, that's, uh, I can attest that's definitely changed my perception. And uh, uh, I would recommend it for anybody. for all of you out there listening, if you would like to become a more active uh, part of our community, uh, look us up on Facebook. We actually have a Facebook page that you can just search for "Analyze Podcast" and like the page. Uh, we will announce, you know, upcoming shows and uh, you know guests that we're going to have, where you can you can comment and submit questions. Uh, You can also uh, comment on, you know, previous shows as as we post links to those and uh, have, you know, discussions and conversations about that. You can also, you know, uh, give us suggestions for uh, things that you would like to hear about. If you would like to help our ratings a little bit, you can actually go to the iTunes um, podcast directory and just leave us a good review and a comment. Uh, We definitely appreciate that as it helps our rankings. Um, if you would like to financially support the show and gain, you know, access to exclusive content, uh, you can become a Patreon member by going to AnalyzePodcast.com and clicking on the link there to our Patreon. If you would like to become a guest, uh, you can also do that from our website by clicking on the Become a Guest link and filling out the form and we'll, we'll be in touch with you. Otherwise, um... I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope that you walk away with more information than you walked in with. Thanks a lot for joining us and we'll see you next week.